Hello, everybody, and welcome to this entertainment from the 573 Podcast. Hope you all are doing well and staying safe. As of this recording, it's Christmas Eve Eve, so I guess happy Christmas Eve Eve to all you to all you people out there listening to this episode, and by the time this is out, happy Christmas Eve. We're one day away, everybody, from Christmas Day, and boy, uh, what we're about to talk about it certainly felt like Christmas with all the episodes that we got. And of course, by that I mean The Mandalorian Season 2 with the season finale wrapping up this past week. And boy, what a finale it was. And here to talk with me about the finale and this whole season and some other cool things that we might see going forward from Star Wars is none other than Peter Lewis. Peter, what's up? Hey, everybody. Remember me? It's been forever. <laughs> Yeah, so season two, holy crap, one good thing that we have to talk about in 2020, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I when was the last pod I was on? Was it the uh, superhero draft? Yeah, it was the superhero draft. Oh, which by the way, all of you people should not be allowed to vote. You are idiots. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, season two, uh, of course, ends this past weekend, and we've uh we've been talking about it in our group chats talking about the various episodes about really some of our thoughts about the episodes and some thoughts going forward but let's start with the finale because like holy crap what a finale it was yeah i'm not gonna lie so uh later on in the episode we'll get into our brief thoughts on each episode but uh for this one, uh, my note was simply uh, A plus cried, and uh, Ludwig Granson is the next John Williams. So this this was a episode that kind of reminds you why Star Wars is so good, and why it earned that uh, kind of like pop culture status in a way. Yeah, you bring up the music, like Ludwig Granson, uh, who did, by the way, won a freaking. Oscar for, or not Oscar, Grammy for, uh, well, I guess Oscar would fit right with score for Black Panther. Like, the score this season, and in this episode in particular, was phenomenal. Like, I'm like, thinking back on it, like, I really like that. I don't even know what you would call, like, synthes- synthesizer stuff with the Dark Troopers. It's some, it's definitely something in the electronic, uh, Maybe ED. I, I'm not good when it comes to, you know, the music of the youth, so <laughs> D- don't ask me about that. But, uh, but yeah, honestly, it served a moment. Well, the big thing I have to say about this episode is I have watched the last 15 minutes probably 10 times since it came out last uh, Friday. Oh, man. <laughs> because it was just so unbelievable. And I still, I still can't believe it happened, especially how, you know, one year ago, I was here trashing uh, Rise of Skywalker on two occasions, once with you and then once with Matt in the legendary, what, was like three-hour podcast? It wasn't quite three hours, but combined those two, over three hours. Oh, yes. And I mean, even with uh, Mando Season 1, which of course, you know, to refresh on everything, you know, I don't think it's a surprise to hear I thoroughly enjoyed that season but i was still like uh what what even is star wars anymore <laughs> the way this ended 
made up for the past miserable five years of films from Star Wars by a long shot. Well, just so watching this episode and looking at everything that it's trying to do, you're trying to wrap up a, a lot of storylines, but you're also trying to introduce new ideas, and that could uh, that undergoes a and that could really be uh if you don't do it right, you don't do it correctly, it could really be a hindrance on you and what you want to do. But what this episode did in closing some particular storylines, like getting Grogu. Little baby Grogu finding him with his people, the Jedi, getting that storyline wrapped up. Getting which was, which was the storyline of the whole season because every episode he references like, right. yeah, this is this is my quest. The armor. Who I hope. <laughs> Let me say this: if he ever sees her again, she asks, "Have you removed your helmet?" She's gonna be at that at the answer he gives. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 yeah, that's true. So, like, this episode, it had a whole lot to do and also introduced some new ideas for Season 3. But just, like, when you get to that, like, so when, what, what were your first thoughts? When you saw the X-Wing, did you did you know who it was? So, after the uh, episode with Ahsoka, when she was like, yeah, I can't really train him. Basically, you know, uh, you know the classic, you know, Star Wars trademarks, the version of Expectations trademark. <laughs> Shout out to Ryan Johnson wherever he is in this world. <laughs> I started. I started thinking because, so I, I didn't. I only watched the Clone Wars movie in the first season. By the time the first season was done, I was starting middle school, so I was kind of just like, I mean, Star Wars. It was cool and all, but eh, just doesn't seem like the thing I want to do right now. And I never watched a, a, a lick of Rebels, so <laughs> I. I had no idea what most of these characters were, like, like the new ones, uh, like Bo-Katan. This is like my first time ever seeing her, and honestly, I think my first time ever hearing of her. Yeah. <laughs> but of course I knew, knew Ahsoka from the movie and, you know, the first season, and how she, I wasn't aware she became like a fan favorite. Mm-hmm. So I was like looking into like, okay, well, who, what, what are those two big shows? Because, you know, with Dave Filoni on board, that those being his, you know, basically babies. Right, yeah. I was like, okay, what character is he doing? So I was like, okay, this is a guy named Ezra. I was like, okay, he seems competent enough, and there are some others. But because they introduced Dark Troopers, and this is going to go to the old canon, which I, I'm not even sure if Disney... <laughs> but that they're bringing pieces of it uh, in and out as they please with Dark Troopers, obviously, from uh, Star Wars Dark Forces. Yeah. I was thinking it was going to be the main character of that game, uh, Kyle Katan, who was basically... Uh, it was basically a Han Solo type character who became a Jedi. I was thinking, because he was technically uh, in the old canon, like Luke's number two, like how Mace Windu was the number two to Yoda. Yeah. So I was like, that would be a really cool thing to introduce, and you know, it'd be something new. But I was thinking, you know, with this with this timeline and how, let's be real, if, if Ahsoka's not going to do it, who who else can do it? And sure enough. Once you see that green lightsaber, you know, oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just speechless and mind blown at the same time. I could not believe that this was happening. I couldn't either. And I love how they kind of play it off as like, and when they show, they go back to the bridge and they show the screens and they see him slicing the dark troopers apart. You still can't tell who it is because 
the screen's in black and white. You can't tell what color lightsaber that is. And then when you get the full reveal, like it's a green lightsaber, well, I still was kind of like, it could be Luke, but it still could, they could still toy on those emotions and say, and have it be like somebody else. But like, I think when they showed the glove, it's like, oh crap, it's Luke. Here we go. They're doing this. I think once I saw the lightsaber color and and remember the X-Wing, I was like, there's no way this can't be Luke. Because Luke's, a, say what you will, Luke's a very good, simple guy. He could have had, you know, a space Ferrari after <laughs> Return of the Jedi. He's just like, hey, sis, can I take a uh, can I take an X-Wing out for a bit? It's like, I guess. I don't see why not. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, if especially when the uh, chapter 14, when Grogu's on the uh, rock and, you know, basically calling out to the Force. I mean, who else would most likely be powerful enough or important enough to take that call that we know of? And especially when he's in his prime, he's probably rebuilding the Jedi Order. Yeah, yeah, this uh, last season was, what, eight years after uh, Return of the Jedi? Or five years? Uh, Something like that. I think, well, yeah, so when this takes place, I think it's five years after Return of the Jedi. Yeah, so basically, you know, this isn't, you know, broken Luke Skywalker from uh, Last Jedi. This is, you know, prime Luke Skywalker, hopeful, rebuilding the Academy. His nephew's probably not really born yet, so we don't have to worry about that issue. <laughs> well, maybe not for at least a couple decades. Plus, I think him and Ray were technically, like, canonically, like, 19 <laughs> in Force Awakens, which I was just like, bruh. Adam Dreyer was like 30 when he made that movie. Yeah. It's like Grease having, you know, 40-year-olds playing teenagers. It's amazing. Yeah. But, you know, just seeing him, and the really the one thing, of course, everybody really likes is uh, comparing it to uh, like Father Like Son with what, Luke, with what Darth Vader did in Rogue One at the end with him just going through all that, that rebel fleet on that ship. And then here you have Luke and complete contrast, just absolutely shredding through these dark troopers. Like, oh, they're absolutely nothing. Brutal. He was, he used, uh, he used all the powers you would have in, uh, the new Star's Battlefront games, you know, force push, force pull, force crush. I mean, it was, that, that was the Luke Sky, the master Luke Skywalker we never got to see. But we, we finally got it. And it was perfect. And, I guess let's get to him, the, the the reveal of Luke Skywalker, the actual one where it's like, okay, it's Luke. <laughs> well, uh, the, Ro- the Rogue One school of uh, de-aging is still needing some work. Take some notes from Marvel. Uh, they're not... Honestly, everything above... I had no problem with everything above the nose. It was above... It was uh, below that when I was like, oh, that... That's not, uh, that's not right. <laughs> uh, one thing I really like about that is when, uh, <laughs> of course they're all watching him just absolutely thrash these dark troopers. And, uh, Mando still has the audacity come like, you a Jedi? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know, I, I just had this laser sword just for fun. He's actually, uh. Mock Gideon's uh, apprentice. <laughs> uh, well, There's a real subversion of expectations. Oh man! Speaking of Moth, hey, when he saw what was happening, 
I think he knew who that was. He was like, oh, crap, I'm screwed. Oh, yeah, when he... When when he heard X Wing and then uh, Bo Katan said Jedi goes to his face, he's just like, "Oh no!" And like it it was pure horror because this was a guy who was—he's maybe my favorite Star Wars villain of all time right now. And I know that's crazy to say, only two seasons in, especially when last season we really didn't get much of him. God, he is perfect. He's super intelligent. He's always in control, and he knows even when he's losing. How he can still win, which is based like you know, uh, Mando winning the uh, yeah, winning the dark saber, and now Pokatan's like God. Which here's the thing though, that's all on you. You know this guy doesn't give a about the the Mandalorian history of yours. You know he's here for one thing and one thing only. It's Grogu. It's like you have to be specific. Like, listen, he's got the dark saber. Whatever you do. I have to fight him because if I don't, I can't accept it. Like that's on you, girl. <laughs> I will say, you know, the talking about the dark saber and uh, that whole thing. I mean, he knew exactly what he was doing. Giancarlo Esposito must have had real or a whole lot of fun shooting this particular episode. Oh, I love his his quote that was released this year about how his uh, daughters were like, "Dad, don't hurt uh, baby Yoda," and he's like, "I'm gonna." rip that big-eared idiot apart. I was like, that's a villain. <laughs> he's uh, he's one. If you've never seen Breaking Bad, he is just God-level in terms of acting. Well, right now, I think he's two other villains in two other shows besides this one. So he he's having a whole lot of fun. The villains are always the juicy roles. And, uh, oh, yeah. And he is just... every. He's basically what I really wanted uh, Orson Krennic to be that, you know... <laughs> who's, who's smart and all that, but you know, it's just kind of just meh. Oh, this man is brilliant. But, uh, you know, the whole Darksaber thing, I think that goes back. I, I've seen a couple theories about this, and people talk about this is that, you know, why didn't she take it? My theory is, and mine and others as well, is that, you know, the first time she had it, the dark saber was given to her. It wasn't one in combat. And so maybe what happened is that first time having it, things didn't go so well with the other Mandalorians. They weren't down with that. Something happened with her losing the dark saber. And that's why she won't take it because she's seen what happened when she just takes it. Nothing good happened. So she feels like she probably has to win it in combat. That's why she was like, I want to face Moth Gideon. I want to try to kill Moth Gideon so I can win this Dark Saber in combat. Okay, this is why I like talking about Star Wars with you because I know you'll do the research because that was a big question I had because, again, haven't watched a single episode of Rebels. Watched, you know, the, the long time ago version of Clone Wars when, you know, <laughs> it was still learning what's going to be before becoming, I, I think, what most people have called a brilliant masterpiece, if that's fair to say. Yeah, the last four episodes of the la- of this season that debuted in the spring, masterpiece. Okay, because I was wondering, because the first time I ever saw the Darksaber was last season, when, you know, Gideon is cutting his way out of the, uh, the TIE fighter. I was like, okay, cause I was wondering, like, did they ever show, like, how she lost it? No. I now learned how she... Okay, because I, I remember hearing about, like, Oh, she took it before. I was like, well, what's wrong with now? <laughs> like, you, you called Mando a zealot cultist idiot in, you know, chapter 11. It's like, obviously, the, 
It's like, obviously he's not a Mandalorian in your eyes. Take it. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, we have a new storyline to replace uh, our little great Grogu in uh, King Mando. Yeah, like, that's going to be something to uh, watch uh, next season. But, you know, uh, just, again, like, this pe- this finale was awesome. And also, surprise, surprise, maybe Matt's favorite character, our boy R2 shows up. I was so happy to see that. Give my boy some more screen time. <laughs> Let's be real. If you're going to have to leave Daddy Bando, like, if Luke's going to have to, like, sell him on this, like, yeah, absolutely. You're bringing R2-D to it. And I realized the other day, they probably know each other. Yeah. Because R2 was, you know, definitely at the, the Jedi Temple. We've seen him in there before. Should have been close to it. Yeah. Yeah, this is this makes sense. He's like, hey, Grogu, you want to go get some Miller Lights? <laughs> I know he's an infant, but he's also technically 50. So how does the, how does the liquor laws work in the Star Wars universe for that? <laughs> I have no clue. We don't even know that much about Yoda's species, to be honest. So, <laughs> I, I I don't know at that point. But uh, yeah, you know, my that's my that was one of my thoughts too. Is like with R two getting all excited with you know how R two is when he gets excited, he starts jittering around. It gets all exciting and all these. Oh, he's adorable. And like it, when they're talking, like they probably do recognize each other, which also leads to this, Peter. Give me. A Baby Yoda and R two D two spinoff show now. How many spinoff shows are we getting? That 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 Investor Day. First of all, I don't think the the previous Disney Investor Days were ever like that important. I think people just overlooked them because oh, it's an investor call. Who cares unless you have stock? Yeah, <laughs> that was like their D twenty three. That essentially that's what I took away from it. And they were just like, all right, we messed up. They didn't fly out late, of course, but they're definitely giving you a lot to work with now, which I appreciate. And we got two shows in the Mando universe in uh, Rangers of the New Republic and Ahsoka. Yeah. Are they going to have enough money for this with the parks closed down? <laughs> yeah. I, well, listen, I don't think there's no complete shortage of Disney money. Well, after that, after that Fox buyout, who knows at this point? That's a good point, but I, I just just give me a Baby Yoda R two D two show. Um, I guess you you me and Matt can work on an episode. You can direct it. Uh, well, I was thinking like a Full House style show, where like you know Luke has to raise him, but sometimes has to leave. So you know Uncle Han and Chewie have to watch him for the day. And of course, we we know Baby Yoda doesn't give a d- about your uh, species last surviving egg, so he can get in a lot of trouble. <laughs> My my envision my vision for one episode uh, is kind of exactly that, except have R two kind of watch over Baby Yoda, but C three PO is there, and R two D two gives him the lesson of how to push C three PO off a off a ledge, or at the very least, annoy C three PO. I think he could do that. Oh, it's not hard. Everybody does. <laughs> but yeah, just. This whole episode was, from top to bottom, just a complete and utter masterpiece. Like, in doing some research, which, thank you for giving me some props there and and doing research. I got you every now and then. I would never do the same with Matt, because he's an idiot. (laughs) I mean, he's a Ravens fan. 
Yeah, sneaking away. He's not here because oh, it's Christmas time. Family. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> What's family ever done for you? <laughs> uh, but I was reading this article and they brought up some interesting things. I think I'd saw I'd seen this on Twitter or somewhere else. Is that so? IMDb has these user ratings and Mando season two. Specifically, the whole season is one of 27 seasons of 16 shows that received like over 50,000 of these user ratings and got an average rating of 9.0, including this finale, which got 100% on Rotten Tomatoes from critics. And doing more research, it seems like all around, critics and the fans thought this episode was so good they gave it an average rating of 9.9, which compares to some of the top TV episodes of all time, including four Game of Thrones episodes, three Breaking Bad episodes, and a season three episode of Attack on Titan, and you'll know what this one is, the finale of Chernobyl. Oh, okay, Chernobyl got a high rating. I'm, I'm excited to hear that. Yeah, well, that the, their finale did, and so... Oh, yeah, that finale was good. So, this one... Ranks in, I, I, I have trouble doing math, but I did the math. So 4 plus 3 is 7, and those two is 9. So this is one of the top 10 highest rated episodes on IMDb. And you know, it's well-deserved because th- this season had a lot of fan service moments, but it did it in a very smart manner. Well, it's, Like, a lot of it was logical. Like, here's the thing. I know some people... Mostly Last Jedi and uh, Raylo stand for like, oh, Stars is just one character. It's Luke Skywalker, of course. Like, here's the thing: who's going to answer that call? Like, who, who in their right mind would answer that in in the universe they've set up? It's got to be Luke. What do you want, Ray to come back from the past and do it for the future? I guess. <laughs> like, no, that'd be terrible and stupid. Like the sequels. Well. There's a way they can do it with the new Star Wars holiday special. I haven't seen it, and I'm not going to because she's the main character. I was like, I, I, no, I, I don't need the sequels anymore. <laughs> I don't want to be reminded of mediocrity and disappointment. We have we have Daddy Nando. Unfortunately, I can't get rid of it that easy with my with my sports teams. So <laughs> it may be easy for you, but not easy for me. But. I guess let's get into uh get into the season as a whole. Oh yeah, this uh first of all, for me, in my opinion, this was so much stronger than season 1, which is shouldn't be a surprise because you know, right. every first season is kind of like let's get our feet wet, let's see what we can do. But here it seems like every week they had a solid idea of what they were doing and even the even like the two episodes that I was slightly down on. I was still like, you know what? It's doing a lot of fun Star Wars stuff that I appreciate. Yeah, I think so. I think they learned a lot from season one and looking at season two and they felt really good about what they were doing in season one. They were able to expound on that this season and also maybe did some other stuff that they probably thought they couldn't or shouldn't do in season one because and eh, we're just, you know, like you said, getting their feet wet. In season one. And so I think once they figured out sort of their game plan, what they want to do, Favreau and Filoni just took off and just went with it and just created something great in this season. 
my thing is they put a whole lot of love and care into each of these episodes. And I think it really showed this season just like how much they absolutely love this universe and the links that they will go to, to search for the, the Star Wars canon to maybe add a little, add some nods to like, you know, some old canon or stuff that maybe people aren't familiar with. Oh, yeah. I mean, when I saw the Dark Troopers, I was so satisfied, just super impressed that it happened because Dark Troopers were old canon. And, you know, yes, they have brought some stuff back from old canon, like, you know, General Thrawn, who I'll uh, get into a little later, probably maybe more the uh, season three prediction part. But, yeah, I mean, they're just such a cool idea. Like, they're basically, yeah, originally, they were basically just zombie stormtroopers. That turned into uh, these just <laughs> deaf machines, and here they were just—they <laughs> they were terrifying. It was basically uh, the, the the Terminator. Well, you know, I, it, was, I, it was like I, it was the classic 1984 Terminator. It's like <laughs> you are out of your league, son. Well, like I saw somebody—I didn't think about this comparison, but I I saw somebody post a picture of a dark trooper, and then immediately have a picture of Zerg from Toy Story right next to it. I was like. I can see a resemblance. They took some. Res- they took some stuff from Zerg. Buzz Lightyear's enemy. <laughs> Which is funny because uh, in Toy Story, uh, what was it two? Yeah. Whole, uh, <laughs> I am your father bit. Be honest, Peter. That's actually surprised me. You know that, that was that was Disney just saying, "Hey, listen, we're eventually going to buy it." <laughs> we're laying the seeds for it. <laughs> yeah. Disney is never caught off guard. Nope. Except, uh-uh. by, uh, except by Last Jedi reaction. That was a, they were probably like, what? Oh boy. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Ryan, what did you do? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, let's get into the season. So, oh, man, it, it honestly feels like weeks. I mean, it, it literally has been weeks, but it feels like it's been even more weeks since the first episode. Like, I've just been on a high from, from these last few episodes. Like, the back half of this season was freaking spectacular. Oh, yeah. But again, I think this what helped this season is that every episode had... It, it played a role. Because the first one was kind of like, okay, he has a baby Yoda. He finds baby Yoda, returns it, gets, gets cold feet, yada, yada. And we're kind of like, okay, this is fun and all. It's great, but what's going on? Here we have, you know, a very specific plot that he, Mando keeps saying, like... I gotta get this kid to his people, which is the Jedi. I gotta find him. So it keeps it ground. It's like every episode, like sure, Mando, you know, Mando's maybe not the brightest uh, Star Wars character we have because no. he gets a little distracted a lot. <laughs> but hey, you know what? <laughs> every episode, he's still new. I know what I'm doing. I gotta get him to his people, but let's make a quick detour in Navarro and all that stuff. And yeah, you know, the, the first episode, uh, The Marshal. Basically, he's looking for Mandalorians to uh, get some more information on, hey, where do, where do I find these Jedis? Because I don't know what that is. <laughs> it still doesn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, he goes to uh, Tat- Tatooine, which again, I was kind of worried when they were going back. I was like, okay, you, you did so well the last the last season. In the, what, they went there two times, I believe? Uh... No, I think it was just the one. I think it was just. just the one. Oh, what was it? Was it? It was. It was episode uh, five of the first season. I think. Oh yeah, the one everyone 
thought was weak. That's right. Yeah. But yeah, you know, we go back and uh, we find uh, just a, just a guy in Boba Fett's armor. I was me like, oh well. <laughs> I, I knew I knew they were saying we're going to get Boba this this season, but I didn't expect it to be that fast. <laughs> and as it turns out, no, it's a uh, classic uh, Western, uh, just yeah, Western star uh, Tim Tim Fiolet. Yeah. <laughs> in Boba's uniform, man, it was like you, you son of a. <laughs> take that off <laughs> and then of course uh as they're about to fight in front of the kid we get the uh the crate dragon they have to stop that which uh one of my favorite things about this show is it's not afraid to reevaluate star wars but actually like do it intelligently yeah but the dark raiders they've always been portraying you know the original and uh prequels as you know they're they're just they're psychopaths they're they're idiots who just Basically, pillage and steal and uh, kill Anakin Skywalker's mom. <laughs> and no, here they're, they're going. They're going a very smart route. Like, well, they're kind of mad because you know it was their land, and these people just came in and they started, you know, ruining it. So I was like, oh, there's a layer there. I like this. And then, of course, we we, we see them. They have to work together to uh, stop the crate dragon. Which I gotta say, this was the my my, my only note here was uh, a plus. In parentheses, Star Wars exclamation point and hell and hell Favreau because uh, this was the first episode he directed. Yeah, you know, it, it's kind of surprising. You know, the guy that over really oversees the show and is a good director and directed an episode, and you can definitely feel it in the way that this show felt. It had that classic classic Western type of feel, and that's what Favreau essentially pitched this show as a Star Wars Western. I forgot if I said this last year when we were talking about it, but I felt like one of the great things about Mando was that uh, it's doing what Star Wars was built upon, which was basically George Lucas' idea of like, yeah, I, I'm basically taking, you know, the samurai cowboy mythology, but putting in, you know, a uh, a space opera. Mm-hmm. And we've gotten so far away from that idea over the years that just returning to it is so fun and it, it, Crazy enough, refreshing. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, the Great Dragon, uh, you know, it showed me, like, oh, crap, they're upping their, uh, what they want to do this season with having something like that. That's got to be a huge set piece. Have, you know, the Razor Crest chasing TIE Fighters. And, you know, that stuff, you see the movies do that, and here they are doing it on this Disney Plus show. Yeah, the, the budget this season was uh, considerably more. Yeah. But, uh, and you know, the Tusken Raiders, you mentioned that. I think one of the things I mentioned to you guys is, like, I just love how Mando's just chilling with the Tusken Raiders and just sitting by the campfire and talking to them, just hanging out. You know, and, you know, Tusken Raiders are probably telling them some stories about, oh, yeah, we killed uh, this one dude's mom one time, and he killed our ancestors. <laughs> not just the not just the men, but the women and children too. Oh yeah, I, I forgot about them, but yeah, he killed everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean that that was the uh, dare I say that was the most Star Wars episode. That was the most Star Wars thing I've seen in years because it was a uh, yeah, it was just a big fun set piece that made sense. Yeah, and you know I I will say the the only. The only critique I have against this uh, season was uh, 
Mando's really bad at his job of, you know, getting Baby Yoda to uh, his people. Yeah. <laughs> because he's like, okay, I'm going to just basically <laughs> yeet myself into this Crate Dragon's, uh, <laughs> you know, inside and try to blow it up. Here, uh, here, not Boba Fett, take the kid. He's like, what, what do I do if this happens? What do I do if something happens? Like, I don't know. That's your, that's your problem, baby. <laughs> <laughs> that was one thing I noticed. I was like, you know what? It's not bad. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was just such a cool it, it was the perfect action episode is I guess the best way to put it. And you know, it was a it was the perfect starter for this season to get the yeah. season started. And of course, at the end, he gets the uh, Mandalorian armor because, like, hey, you, you don't deserve it. And then we see uh, Tamara Morris, uh, Tamara Morrison. Yep, is his name right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, overlooking it's like, okay, we're gonna have Boba Fett eventually. But you know what I really liked is they didn't go straight into Boba Fett immediately right. after. We had to wait, like, what, uh, four more chapters just to get to him, and it, it just comes out of nowhere. Yeah. That's what, I lo- that's what I love. A lot of these things they introduce, they sit on for a while. So when it happens, you're like, oh, yeah, here we go. Yeah, I, I really liked how they didn't really go all right into them right away, except really Ahsoka. And I mean, I'm I, one, one of the things I really liked about, not to jump the gun, but like, the episode she's in, like, they started off with her. And, oh, but even then, we had to wait four episodes to get to her. Yeah, I mean, you got the name drop in the in the third episode this season. Then you get right into it in episode five, and you get an open to close with her that episode. So, yeah. like, oh, and we had the Siege episode in between those two. So, yeah, right. they really let a lot of breathing happen, let this show happen. Yeah, it really did, but... This first episode, yeah, like, with that Boba Fett tease, I was like, ah, Peter's a happy man right now. It's happening. I I was looking forward to it, and and we'll get to him a little later here, but yeah, I was, I I think, especially a lot of the kids of the original Star Wars uh, generation were super pleased by what they saw. Uh, The next episode, I, uh, I think this is the one I read that people were the most weak on or didn't like but i thought it was an a minus episode well i think i I was one of the ones that landed in the weaker one but probably mainly because of uh the creatures we got in this one uh (laughs) maybe not a huge fan of the space spiders especially watching that episode at like uh two in the morning (laughs) probably not a good idea but i mean hey it is what it is See, I, I, I think the big selling point for me is I love the Star Wars worlds that are in, like, the snow or ice environment. So, like, yeah, personally, like, uh, in the original Battlefront, uh, Renvar was one of my favorite maps. Along with Hoth, of course. And just, you know, it had that, uh, like, like I said at the beginning, we were talking about the finale. There's a horror, there's a good horror element with those spiders, too. Yeah, there is. And there's kind of like an, I saw somebody said, like, there's an alien type of feel. Oh, yeah, the, it, it had that xenomorph feel, because you're just like, you, you can't stop it, it just keeps coming, and you're like, well, <laughs> we're trapped, and you have to be saved by uh, the, an X-Wing pilot, of all people. Yeah, you got one uh, who I think is in a show called Kim's Convenience, big Canadian show, I think, and then the other, oh, hey, it's Dave Filoni, coming in as a <laughs> Trapper Wolf, my boy. <laughs> also, I love them going back to... Uh, the lady on Tatooine, she's just 
she's probably my favorite uh, side character in this whole show because she's just like she's such a fast talker she's like oh yeah i i trust her i trust her with my life it's like you just met her five minutes ago i was like yeah and in those five minutes <laughs> i really liked her she's so she's like the great default aunt for uh grogu yeah well, i should say uh we, we, we do learn his name because we've said it a couple times yeah at first i was like i'm always gonna call him baby yoda but you know what it's less syllables yeah and you know what i like that little guy and you know what mando calls him grogu every now and then i'm gonna call him grogu every now and then yeah and he gets a kick out of it he loves it Oh, he was so adorable when he finally hears his name from from Andy's like, oh, it's happening. <laughs> a connection, yes. Yeah. But yeah, th- this episode, you know, that they were on track. Uh, Frog Lady has a uh, nose of Mandalor- uh, location of Mandalorians who can help him. Uh, but of course, there's like a little the, the kicker where you can't go in a light speed because of like the territory or whatever. So you have to like go at like a half life speed i forget what they called it i think that's yeah i think that's the right terminology yeah and of course you know that new republic's in the area and they're like hey man what you doing it's like just just driving to a planet <laughs> and of course they search the warrants it's like oh boy <laughs> so yeah that that was that episode i i really liked it but i do kind of understand like if that was the one for people who are just like uh could have done without. Well, you know, one thing, <laughs> watching this back, I, I, for people that don't know, I watched the whole season again yesterday. It's still really awesome. <laughs> but uh, watching episode two, the start of it, when you have, uh, I don't know what, what you would call them, like the scavengers or whatever, at the at the beginning of this episode, where they, you know, they really want to, they get Mando, and they mm-hmm. try to, you know, team up and try to stop them. And they're holding one of them's holding Baby Yoda at knife point. I thought, okay, yeah, yep. And uh, and he's like, okay, you can ha- you can have it. And he just uses the jetpack to like send the guy up and blow him up. And Baby Yoda's like, you you could you could just done it the whole time. <laughs> he kind of gives yeah. him this kind of like slight little look, and Mando's like he shrugs and like it is what it is. <laughs> he's like, I had a knife to my neck, man. What are you doing, Dad? <laughs> this is this how you're gonna kill him, Dad? Really? That's the stuff I've seen you do. <laughs> oh, I'll just I'll just put the disclaimer now. Everything Baby Yoda does this season was just adorable. Every they knew what they had season one, but I feel like as they developed it and saw what they had to work with, they were like, "Oh boy, we're 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 in some uh, <laughs> good territory now for uh, season two. Oh yeah, we got some good stuff. Because he, he's you know making words now. Uh, Especially this episode, he's like, uh, I think Patu and uh, Marta Batter was the big ones. Which, of course, on the latter, people immediately realize, oh, Marta sounds like Martha. And so immediately, <laughs> Batman versus Super Meets happen. I was like, ugh, the internet just remains undefeated. <laughs> That's his mother's name. <laughs> Why'd you say that name? <laughs> but hey, you know what? The adorableness of Grogu, if that had stopped Batman Superman from fighting in that abysmal, stupid movie, I would have been like, you know what? Yeah, that works for me. That works for me. <laughs> yeah, uh, it works. I'm good with it. Oh, hold on. The mouse, the mouse is calling me. Hey, bud, what's going on? Oh, don't talk about DC? Okay, sorry, fam. Yeah, me and the mouse are on good terms again, if you can't tell. <laughs> oh, that's good to hear. Yep. What can I say? The... 
after like 30 shots uh, to the knee with a uh, metal bat, you're just like, you know what? Maybe, maybe you shouldn't fight the mouse anymore. <laughs> maybe it's not worth it. <laughs> I wouldn't think it's worth it after a few shots. Well, I'm stubborn. Look how long it took me to come around to Last Jedi. That's a fair point. <laughs> that was like a two-year ordeal. He just <laughs> trashing on it, and now I'm like, you know what? It's still, I still have problems, but you know what? It's not bad. Okay, it's not bad. <laughs> Somewhere Matt's just like, he said it. I can feel it. <laughs> I can sense it. Yeah, probably not. He's too busy with his family because it's Christmas. Ooh. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> so yeah, episode two, solid. We uh, and then of course we go into episode three where uh, the frog lady and her husband uh meet up. Which yeah, I'm not gonna lie, I felt that was I I, I felt that was very cute. I I did too. I was like, oh yes, this is great. <laughs> and of course, baby, you know, just eating the freaking eggs again. It's just like, Mando's a, Mando is a, is a nice dad, but sometimes you, you gotta be a little stern with baby. You know, it's like, bro, you can't do that. That's their species, man. What's wrong with you? Well, I think, well, like, listen, that, that's been, I guess, one of the whole arguments about like, whose fault is this? And, you know, I feel like some people aren't placing blame on baby Yoda. I'm probably going to catch slack for this, but I mean, put, do put some blame on him. Mando does tell him no to not do it. But he just keeps on doing it. And yeah, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, I get it. He's a baby, but I mean, you would think after a few times you'd get the message. But nope. <laughs> baby Yoda is a very hungry boy. He is. He's a growing fifty-year-old baby. <laughs> I love how we keep overlooking the details. Like, yeah, he's an infant, but <laughs> let me tell you, Yoda's species is weird. Yeah, he is. I saw the other day that like. Freaking Yoda was a Jedi Master by 100 years old. That's probably teenage years for him. So, this episode really got into, uh, really into more of that search for Mand- Mandalorians and Jedis. Oh yeah, we, we uh, meet the, uh, I, I guess the real Mandalorians, not the, the not the not cult version, the actual traditional. <laughs> we're, we're fighting for Mandalore, yada yada, and Mando's just like, "You do not deserve to wear this armor." <laughs> <laughs> he does that a couple times this season. Oh yeah, and I, I I think they said this in the last season, but I love that we have another Star Wars swear to go around with uh, Dank Farrick. <laughs> Which I, I assume is their version of a uh, or son of a. But yeah, I just, I just love it, especially when uh later on he has baby he has Grogu use the Force and he's like dang fair he's like oh no no I, I meant it in a good way you know like that was good Grogu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. Like maybe I was like ah oh, crap, what did I do wrong this time? But no 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> You did good. I'm proud of you. You're a good. You're a good son. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, the real thing uh, that I liked about this because this is a, this was an episode where I was worried like, okay, I'm gonna need to know some fan service. Mm-hmm. But you know what? No, they do it. They explain it through Mando's perspective, which I really appreciated because now it's like, oh yeah, I'm Bo-Katan, Yada yada. I do this. You're also a cultist zealot imbecile. <laughs> it's like, I love how they're all Mando's use this. This is the way. 
Yeah. <laughs> and, and how she finesses him into like helping her uh, basically just uh, steal ships and uh, get Mandalore get Mandalore back from the hands of the Mandalores. Well, one thing I really like is how she kind of turned the phrase "this is the way" into something bad at one point in that episode when talk when they were going over the plan and they were like the you're renegotiating the terms of our deal and she kind of throws it back in his face. Yeah. And like, that's great. I love it. I don't like that. The phrase is being used like that because we love that phrase, but that's a good way of storytelling right there. I, I gotta say, uh, even though I've only seen her twice so far, I really enjoy her. I think she's a, a pretty good character. She is. She is a pretty good character. Now, According to like Star Wars lore, she was a part of that group called the Death Watch that was in Clone Wars and all that stuff. So like I, I'm assuming that's what she's referencing as the Watch. With mm-hmm. uh, uh, they were trying to you know get back to like the old historic ways of Mandalore and said the new current ways which they didn't think were good enough. And so, you know, I just uh, I think you know with introducing her, I mean, look. I think she was an obvious choice. If Mando was going to run to another Mandalorian, I think it it was highly justifiable that it would be her. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I know there are some people that had some questions about, you know, with Gideon having the Darksaber. It's like, oh, crap. The last time we knew Bo-Katan had it, did she die? And so we learned this episode, no, like, she didn't die. She's very well... Mu- Good and alive, but she's lost the dark saber. So there's that storyline. But and boy, does she want to undo that wrong? She is. Ooh, she's got boy. committed. <laughs> she does, and you know, you mentioned you know you're worried about you know the fan service part of it. I think the whole thing about the season, and this applies to Madden and several others as well, is that you do have all these characters in here that, for those that haven't seen Star Wars Rebels or Clone Wars. You're not as familiar with and there's some things that I wasn't as familiar with because it's other part mediums of the Star Wars canon like Cobb Vanth I had no idea who he was learned about I was like oh cool so we got uh, so we got a another guy here that uh, could be a fan favorite going down the road if he's introduced in live action more but I think that's one of the things that really helped is like you didn't really have to expound on these characters, they gave you enough information. They gave you what you need to know, and you were good. They didn't presume everybody had seen all those shows or had any knowledge of the EU or Legends or all that stuff. They didn't have to give any big types of expositions or downloads on any of the mythology. They just went right into it. It's like, hey, here's this character. Here's here's some things you need to know. And like Ahsoka, for instance, you. You know, you kind of know what Ahsoka is like. You know, she's a Jedi, but she's not. And she doesn't want to train him because there's that experience there. And she makes the uh, reference to Anakin in that episode. So you kind of understand her a little bit, even though you haven't seen those series that she's in. So I felt like that's one of the good things they did about this season. And they did it well in this episode with introducing Bo-Katan and that sort of Mandalorian mythology, which, hint, hint, season three, maybe? Oh, absolutely. And uh, also, shout out to my girl Sasha Banks from the uh, World Wrestling Entertainment. Yeah, she was good. Yeah, very, very fun. Uh, and of course, as a wrestler, she refused to put over Boba Fett in the last episode, which, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine Favreau and Filoni was like, 
oh, what's one thing would be cool? I know. We we got a wrestler in Sasha Banks. We got Boba Fett. Let's let him fight. Yeah. <laughs> Good enough for me. Write it up. But hey, it made sense because, yes, Boba's a bad but also you've established that, oh, yes, she is one of the best Mandalorians there is. So, yeah, of course it would end in a, uh, a draw. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, thankfully she's not Hulk Hogan. Otherwise, Hulk Hogan would have won that fight. And we would have <laughs> just like, oh, God. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, rest of the episode, you know, very fun action. We get to see how committed these Empire remnants are, which is uh, like, okay, uh, you're being boarded. You can't afford to lose the ship, so uh, kill yourself. <laughs> kill yourself. <laughs> I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, he, he says, long live the Empire. And you, I know you made a comment about that, that it did a whole lot for you. Oh, yeah, because I, I've always loved the Empire. <laughs> they're, they're just, for some reason, they were just always my favorite faction. I mean, it's because Darth Vader's just super cool, and let's be real, Stormtroopers are great. Yeah. You know, they're not punching little Grogu, of course. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're doing that, just kill him. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I just... Especially from a storytelling standpoint, you know... Yeah, this is not the empire that we saw in the original trilogy. That's, you know, completely uh, powerful. Like, there's still a threat, but, you know... The tide has turned. The, the uh, rebels have taken over. It's a new republic now. Yeah. But these final people, they're committed... Yeah, they are. I'll give them that. So next episode was the uh, the siege, and this was actually my uh, even though it had a lot of fun Star Wars action stuff, it was actually my least favorite episode this season because, like Nando says, like, hey kid, let's make a detour here to see uh, Aunt uh, Cara Dune and uh, Uncle Apollo Creed. Yeah, and Apollo Creed directed this episode. My guy. I cannot believe I live in a world where Apollo Creed did something with Star Wars. <laughs> like, I couldn't believe it last year, and but now that he's, you know, actually directing, I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> I'm I'm expecting Sly Stallone to walk in any minute. I know. <laughs> Stallone would be hilarious as, like, a Mandalorian. Hey, kid, gotta get the Mandalorian, you know? Dangerous! <laughs> uh... Actually, you know, this episode, I, I, I had a lot of fun with it, especially, I mean, you mentioned the Baby Yoda stuff, all season's amazing, but this is my, maybe my favorite Baby Yoda episode with all the stuff he gets up to. <laughs> he's put him in a, a classroom and he's just like, what are you people doing? <laughs> he's, imme- he's immediately like the coolest and most popular kid there. Oh, no, he wasn't. Everyone was looking at him like, what a... What a stupid looking wop rat. <laughs> well, Everyone was like, what is this trash? <laughs> and he's just like, don't, don't, don't be mean to me. <laughs> don't, yeah, please don't, or otherwise I'll force choke you. <laughs> Karen Dune walks, he's like, he will. He'll do it. <laughs> yeah. He'll do it. I've seen him. He did it to me. <laughs> I was just arm wrestling him. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, it, like I say, it was a detour episode, admittedly, but you know what? It was a very fun Star Wars action episode because you know we had it was it's kind of like a my favorite episode of uh, last season where they had to storm the uh, it was the prison break episode and it's just you know it's yeah. a simple hallway set and it's just you know Star Wars action happening and I appreciate that. Yeah, and you know we get we get a whole lot of stuff here with cloning stuff happening. Mm-hmm. 
sequel trilogy? Is that you I hear? But, uh, you know, it, it really did have a lot of good action. And of course, Carl Weathers made sure to get himself in a lot of big shots here. And uh, he definitely made sure to put himself uh, in a spot where he can be shooting the big guns. I also love how he gives him the spot where he his character is the one who's like, oh, hey, baby, you to come over here, you little guy. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I can't blame him. Carl Weathers, you are a very, very smart man. You are. And he gets to take down some a TIE fighter. He gets to take out some stormtroopers, which... By the way, I think one of them got their head knocked off. So, way, way to go, Carl Weathers. Way, way to do that. Oh, uh, Baby Yoda on that ship was probably <laughs> my favorite Baby Yoda moment <laughs> in, the, in the whole season. Well, I mean, that's us enjoying all this good Mandalorian stuff right there. He, he, he's, he knows it's a roller coaster ride on this ship. <laughs> and Mando's like, how is that for flying? He just throws up. I love it. Love him. <laughs> well, okay. And of course, Mando being the good dad, just like, oh, okay, let me, let me, let me wipe it off. Well, included one of my favorite shots where he goes back up, turns the power off, flies back down, turns it back on, and heads immediately for that TIE fighter and shoots it out of the sky. <laughs> I, I, like, that's, that's one of my favorite things of this whole season. Uh, one of the other Baby Yoda moments I loved was uh, <laughs> him trying to help Man- with Mando with repairs on the Razor Crest. <laughs> that was adorable. Uh, I was like, and, and then he ends up shocking himself. Like, eh, it was worth a shot. But you know what? Good dad Mando, he doesn't get angry. He's like, ah, you okay, kid? <laughs> Mando's like maybe the best TV dad we've had so in a long time. He's definitely the best Star Wars dad. We're going to look back and be like, all right, Uncle Phil from Fresh Prince, uh... Uh, the dad from a full house and now Mandalorian. <laughs> what a trio. <laughs> Let's be real. TV, TV has not been nice to dads recently. So you know what? I'll, I'll take this. Yeah. <laughs> and, the, and uh, of course, this is the episode we get the dark troopers, you know. Well, the, the big hit. We don't see them until uh, yeah. the, the chapter 14. But hey. This, this look, is the tease. When I heard about those hints, I was like, is this actually happening? Is this real life? <laughs> is, is, is Kathleen Kennedy still in control of Star Wars? So yeah, basically, uh, I would say probably, for, for me at least, maybe the weaker episode of the season. But by, but hey, it's still a B plus, And let's be real. If B-plus is your worst grade, <laughs> you're, you're doing something right. A B-plus would have gotten me a trip to Chuck E. Cheese in third grade. So I can't complain. Hey, same. Yeah. <laughs> Especially with my abysmal math grades. <laughs> but yeah, uh, immediately the very next episode was just probably, it was, I could not see it not being my favorite episode by the end of the season. And of course, you know, <laughs> it took Luke Skywalker to change that, but that happens. Yeah, the Ahsoka episode, uh, my biggest note here, it was maybe the most beautifully shot episode there was. And you know, of course, this one is is shot and directed by Dave Filoni because I mean, Ahsoka's his baby, mm-hmm. and and uh, no Favreau involvement at all. Yeah, Filoni wrote this one. He directed this one, and you know, you saw him direct a couple episodes last season. He directed the pilot. And I think he did that episode five, which lots of people are down on. But I do think it gave him some valuable experience. And, and like, if you watch the behind-the-scenes stuff for Season 1, 
He's like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm just kind of here, sitting here, trying to learn how to do all this stuff and trying to direct live action. Because he knows how to do the animate stuff. It's the live action stuff that he has to get adjusted to. Oh, yeah, which, which is understandable. Again, season one, there's no expectation for your first season to be perfect. Right. If it's great and fun, that's a great plus and all. But, you know, no one in their right mind is going to be there. It's like, why was this not top-notch perfection? It's like, it's season one, dude. <laughs> yeah. Like, Breaking Bad is, Breaking Bad, I would argue, is the greatest TV show of all time. And its first season is the weakest. So, you know, looking at this episode, you can definitely tear, uh, you can definitely tell he made a jump in directing. And how he was able to shoot this and, you know, and watching this episode for a third time, because I've seen, I saw, I've seen them the first time when they first came on with my sister, who's just there for the Baby Yoda moments. I, I mean, the worst things. Then I see him with my dad. And so yesterday I see them for the third time and just watching this one, it becomes very clear, like, Live action or not, like that's Ahsoka right there. It felt very much like the Ahsoka that I've seen in Clone Wars and Rebels for a few times. It very it felt very much like the Ahsoka I would know and how she would move and how she would use her lightsabers. Like the one shot I go back to is like I think she did this in like Rebels with the lightsabers close to her eyes and pulling them out. That was. You had my attention when that happened at the beginning of the show. Like, you could tell, like, that that's very Ahsoka-like. And, you know, a lot of people mentioned, like, the eyes uh, were, like, really great. And just, you know, Rosario Dawson, like, listen, I think we probably all knew an Ahsoka spinoff was coming because you do not cast somebody as high-profile as her in that type of role unless you plan on doing something with her. Oh, yeah. But just, you know, she really brought Ahsoka to life. And like I mentioned earlier, this episode starts and ends with her. And it starts with her in a very cool way with all these cool shots. And built very much like what Ahsoka would have learned with her training with the Jedi. And what she learned from Anakin, Obi-Wan, and all those guys. And yet, without knowing, you know, much about her working, you know, Rebels and Clone Wars... From what from what it sounds like uh, how people view her, I kind of got I got a lot of those uh, uh, vibes from her in this episode. You know, very kind hearted, very very smart, very intelligent knows knows what to do. It's like yeah, that's a, this is a good introduction. Yeah, and I, you can also kind of feel that way when she was using I guess using the force to kind of talk through with Grogu. Oh, that was a great scene. And just, you know, kind of seeing their interaction. That felt very, uh, what you're talking about is, has a warm, kind heart. And you can and you can tell. And, like, that scene really pointed out for me, like, this really, it feels like Ahsoka. And it feels like something ah Ahsoka would do. And just, like, you know, and this was just, a, like you said, this was probably one of my favorite episodes of the whole season. And just, like. It's just phenomenal in like how it's shot, how it's done, and how you bring a big time Star Wars fan favorite character in, but you really don't take away a whole lot from Mando's and Grogu's story together. And you know what? It really did well for me is at the end of it, I was kind of like, you know what? Maybe I should watch Clone Wars and Rebels to 
get to know this character more because I'm interested. Well, like there's some, really, there's it, some, is, it the best possible uh, scenario for you. Yeah. And like, there's some very interesting arcs with her in Clone Wars, it, especially in the, in this last season, but there's also one in rebels in the end of season two, which, uh, it, it, it's ve- for Star Wars fans. It's very pleasing to say the least. But, you know, just this episode, and uh, I mean, let's not take away. I mean, we we got Baby Yoda's name in this episode, like you said. <laughs> we, we found out his name is Grogu, and like you said, it. I think it's growing on me. It's growing on me. It, it feels Star Warsy, which I yeah. can appreciate. I'll say, I mean, maybe that's why Kyle Katarn's never going to come to Star Wars, because... Kyle, that's not a Star Wars name. It's got to be something stupid, like, you know, <laughs> Kyle. Like, yeah, I mean, who's going to name their kid Kylo in the real world? <laughs> or Ray? Yeah. Well, actually, you know, probably a lot of stupid Raylo, so maybe I shouldn't speak just yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, it also explains to why we didn't get Darth Wilson or Darth Smith. <laughs> <laughs> no, too, too real. Yep. It's almost amazing Luke is Luke when you think about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, Leia's a fairly normal name, too. True. Yeah, true. And honestly, I guess to some extent, Honda's kind of normal. Yeah, uh, yeah, in some cases, yeah. But, uh, you know, just this episode, and you mentioned the shots, and um, of course, one of the major standouts of this episode was like, how they go back and forth between the whole gunslinger Western aspect of it with Mando and I don't know what that character's name is, but um, yeah, he he's there, but I really like that standoff. And then in the meantime, you got Ahsoka facing the match magistrate and a very jam samurai. Uh, what's one of the thing that Lucas looked at Kurosawa. Is that it? Oh, Kurosawa, Hidden Temple, all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like, and how they shot those back-to-back, mm-hmm. essentially, was just incredible. It gave you one aspect of Star Wars that George said, like, this is a lot of stuff I'm basing some of this stuff on. And then, on the other side, you get the stuff that Favreau and Filoni want to do with Mando, which is the Western gunslinger aspect of it. And it's great. It's <laughs> it's amazing. That is so good fight with the match was it it, it all it, it probably the best cinematogra- cinematography that we've seen in this show so far yeah it, for, it, without a doubt yeah and then you know you, you get the best scar saber uh, uh not saber not the best scar uh spear mm-hmm. i'm like huh i wonder what mando's gonna use that for and yet yeah, yeah fine enough with that i really enjoy how they're expanding the Star Wars universe where now there's a believable, like, you know, threat to the Jedi in, in Beskar. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, before, if you want to be part of the Star Wars universe, you know, you, you kind of had to uh, have really the, the, the Jedi, the lightsaber, to, like, really make an impact. But no, here, they're like, oh, yeah, there are other options that can, you know, have you be a bad the Star Wars universe. Yeah. And I really like that. I really like how they're adding stuff to it where, yeah, you don't have to be a Jedi. You could be, you could be a Mandalorian and still be one of the coolest people there is. Yeah. Very true. 
So yeah, uh, that was the Jedi episode. And now we move on to the perfectly named Tragedy. When I fourteen, Peter, when I saw this title, when my sister saw this title, like, oh no. (laughs) Something bad's going to happen. But you know what? They were smart with it. Yeah. Because immediately as it begins, and they're on a planet, oh, what's that fly into view? Oh, is is that Slave (laughs) 1? And immediately there's there's a fight with uh, a situation with Boba. He's like, you have something in mind, baby. <laughs> I want it. And of course we, and of course we have uh, Fennec survived, who I kept calling Sniper Woman because I kept forgetting her name. But now, after uh, reading about the book of uh, Boba, oh, yeah, that's Fennec. Yeah. Who was uh, left for dead, which I like, you know, she was left for dead. In that uh, first season, and I completely forgot that, yeah, there was a mysterious figure who walked over her. And, well, here's the answer to that. <laughs> it was Boba all along. Yeah. <laughs> he survived, and he is... And this is my this is my biggest note. This was, of course, another A-plus episode for me. It was, uh, Boba is King Robert Rodriguez gives what the fans for, like, 30 years have wanted to see. Because... Boba was always that character that, you know, it had the cool look and everybody kind of latched onto and liked. Yeah. But in the original trilogy was probably the stupidest character there was. Because he literally tripped, like he tripped, got bested by Luke and fell into the Starlight Pits. Like, it's not really, not really bad. No. But no. Oh, here. It was like Stone Cold against the the Alliance. He was just destroying everybody who got in his way. And yeah, this was very violent and brutal. I adored it. And then, of course, he finally gets his armor back, and he's just... He is he was the Boba Fett we all dreamed of seeing. Like, like listen, I, I, when I saw this episode, I was like, oh... Peter's gonna have a heart attack after this episode. Oh, almost did. <laughs> like, I, I know. I, I was like, eh, I, should I? No, I, it might be a spoiler. I, but maybe should, I should ask if Peter will, will be okay after this episode because uh, <laughs> there's something he really likes that's gonna happen in this episode that he's waited for a long time. But uh, you know, this episode, like, like you mentioned, Robert Rodriguez. Might I add, last minute director. Coming in last minute. Oh, really? Yeah, that that's apparently been the word. And, you know, there's I heard a theory tossed out. Maybe was he doing stuff for the Book of Boba Fett? And they needed him to come on and, you know, kind of direct this episode. Mm, so that's I, It's possible. But you know what, Peter? I, I thought to myself, you know, Peter, why'd you, why'd you not direct this episode? What happened? Well, first of all, Baby Yoda's never getting kidnapped. That, that's number one. Nothing's <laughs> happened to that boy on my watch. <laughs> and also, uh, Mando and Fennec would have been an afterthought. It would have just been probably an hour of Boba just murdering stormtroopers. <laughs> it, but it'd be like me playing as him in Battlefront. It would just be a massacre. And people would be like, is, is there a story here? It's like, yes. <laughs> it's what we've deserved. <laughs> it's Boba just killing thousands upon thousands of stormtroopers. He was perfect. And you know what? Good guy Boba. He's always been, you know, classified as one of the evil characters in Battlefront and, you know, Star Wars in general. But hey, you know what? Give that man credit. He was like, you know what? 
the bargain was we keep the child safe. You give me my armor. I have my armor, but the deal's not done. Me and Fennec will help you. I was like, damn, Boba. What a good guy. And you know what? <laughs> good on Fennec, too, for uh, going along with it after Mando left her for freaking dead in the tattooing <laughs> desert. Well, th- there's a couple things with Mando I, li- I might like to add. Uh, one, uh, maybe not leave your jetpack. That's a... <laughs> That, that that might be a big issue coming up here in this episode. And then, uh, why does he keep trying to go through the force thing that's, you know, protecting Baby Yoda? You do it once, you get you get not bat. You do it a second time and knocks you out. What what makes you think it's gonna work a third time, my guy? Well, like you said, like Mando, he, he's a good dad, but sometimes maybe not uses his head completely. No. <laughs> I, I think that helmet might be a little too tight. Well, it, I mean, his head is going to get even worse after wh- what just happened to him in the finale. I was like, how Vibranium looks at best cards like, you can do that? <laughs> Imagine if uh, the Wakandans had a, a best card instead of Vibranium. They probably would have ruled the world. Oh, boy. Yeah, but like, you know, and with this episode... You know, we go to that uh, to the planet that Ahsoka mentioned at the end of episode 5, Tython, which is another planet, another thing that's has ties in Star Wars canon. And I think, was it KOTOR? Uh, yeah, I, like I said, I never, I never played KOTOR, but yeah, I, I know in its legend, that's, that's what it's involved with. So they go there, and I think we talked about like you know this this might be the season finale where it's going to take them a couple episodes to get there. You might have a couple other episodes where you need to do some things. You get there, and then they come and take Baby Yoda, and then that's where we leave off for season two. They very well could have stretched the story out to next season. Oh, I don't think I could have survived a whole year with you know. Yeah. <laughs> What's happening to Baby Yoda? What's happening to my boy Grogu? Yeah. Is he okay? No. no. I don't think anybody could have. But, but hey, that, that would have put some good heel heat on uh, Mo- Moff Gideon. Woo, boy. Yeah. But they probably didn't want Gina... Uh, I always pronounce Gina Carlo Esposito to get, you know, <laughs> beat up by a raging Mandalorian fan. So, yeah. <laughs> Maybe it was good you get that arc done quick. And, you know, the, the next episode we transist to the uh, Believer... I feel like at first, I was like, okay, this is going to be the uh, Deathly Hollows Part 1. It's going to be the filler we need to get to the episode. Right. But you know what? It did a lot, especially with uh, bringing back Bill Burr as uh, Mayfield. Right. But I don't think I, I, don't think I mentioned last year, uh, funny enough, he hated Star Wars. Well, yeah, I just <laughs> found out about this today. <laughs> like. He like just trashed on it, but hey, you know what? He's a he's kind of getting into the acting. I really like how he does it, and his character. You know, last season, you know, it was a fun. You know, hey, I'm a criminal. We're, here's my criminal friends. Hey, Mando, we 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 need to do this for us. Yada yada yada. But yeah, here we get so much good lore on the Empire and like just how people stuff we stuff that was kind of Finn's job, but they kind of just you know forgot about it and then took it away from him yeah <laughs> like that's the, the scene with uh uh the, the hess with, yeah the, the, the general and he's just like basically taunting uh 
I, you can almost say like Bill Burr's PTSD about yeah. you know being in the Empire and how much he hated it. Like that was incredible. That was super good. It was like like that whole scene there was great. And one of the things about it I really like is you know Pedro Pascal. One of my predictions that I made before these last two episodes is that some point his helmet's going to come off. And sure enough, in this episode, we uh, see his face. And one of the things I notice about it is that he pretty much stays in the Mandalorian characters, that he doesn't know how to look any other way than with the helmet. And so he stays with that, even without a helmet on. And he, he stays in that type of character. And then we get this speech from Hess, and we get the, him and Burr and talking about that, and we get an Operation Cinder name drop. Which I played Battlefront 2, so for, for the first time in Disney Star Wars, they referenced something they've done. And I'm like, oh, I know what that was. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, and crap. For, and for those wondering who it was, uh, basically because, you know, Palpatine's a weirdo and has some weird, you know, complicated plans. <laughs> his idea was if I'm killed and we want to keep control of, you know, the galaxy, we destroy our worlds we control to send a message. And you're like, oh. Why are we destroying our own worlds? It's like, don't you don't you question Palpatine? <laughs> See, it was, it was basically just the Empire, just like, you know what, Re- Rebellion? If we can't have the galaxy, then you can. They just flat out, just like, it's like, uh, oh, what's the real world term? It was in Call of Duty Ghost, where basically if you like shoot like a metal rod from space to the ground, it will cause like an earthquake. <laughs> That's what they were doing. It's like a uh, oh kinetic bombardment. That's what it's called. That's what they were basically doing. They were just oh yeah, okay, milking the planet. I was like, this is stupid and amazing. I love the Empire. They're just idiots. <laughs> it's like yeah, that'll get people wanting to uh, have us control them again. Just nuking them. Yeah, you know, it, it works. There's no logic behind it. It'll it'll be fine. <laughs> is the Empire really surprised they lost? <laughs> I feel not like really. they shouldn't be. I feel like they shouldn't be. Not really. If you, I mean, if you look at it, not really. <laughs> but yeah, you know, the, the rest of this, it, it was your standard episode. We had some fun action. We, I uh, really loved seeing Mando without his armor and weapons. And he's like, he's like, these stormtroopers are terrible. <laughs> but what really sealed it for me was him taking off the helmet because, you know, even when he got close to Baby Yoda, uh, it was like the third or fourth episode when they're like eating together. Yeah. Baby girl's trying, you know, catch a peek, like, oh, what's what's Daddy Mando look like? And Mando's just like, <laughs> You're not you're not getting to see that. <laughs> I love it. He's so committed to completing his quest and for as as we know, for for reasons of, you know, loving that little guy, yeah, he'll absolutely break the most important rule that the armor set for him. No one sees your face. And you know what? He's fine with it. Yeah. I love that. That's we get super important Real things we've never seen before at the Empire, and there are troopers. Yeah, they and, actually hit people for once. Yeah, I'm like, see, so yeah, it's definitely a filler episode because you know you just took Baby Yoda. Now the, the next episode is the last one. There was so much happening in here. I thought that this was a very great episode for the lore of Star Wars, and I I commend them for that. This was a very good one. Yeah, and there was. A- there's a lot of things I really liked about this episode. It might be on my lower tier, but like, I mean, it just goes to show like this season was freaking spectacular 
where you can have an episode like this and it's in your lower tier. Like, you know, they, like you said, they did a lot of good in here. I really like Mando going against all the, all the pirates, uh, and just finding all different kinds of ways to kill him. I love it when he throws just straight up, just throws the gun at him. <laughs> <laughs> like that's not going to do anything. My guy. <laughs> and just, and then I, like you mentioned the empire side of things where they're cheering when the tie fighters come in to save the day. I felt that was just really cute. <laughs> <laughs> Especially Bill Burr, just like, uh, yeah, hey, hey, guys, good to see you again, too. <laughs> They're, like, cheering, like, yeah, let's go. I was like, never thought I'd be glad to see a stormtrooper. Yeah, it's funny, like, how I said, you know, we, we see how, yeah, some people in the Empire, they were definitely disillusioned by the whole ordeal. We have, you know, yeah, there is humanity in these stormtroopers. They're regular guys. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> They're just regular guys, and they're working for the Empire, and they see all this crap that's going on. Wait, did Mafia even say get baby shackles? We have baby shackles? <laughs> are we the bad guys? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys are the bad guys. Yeah, if you have baby shackles, then yes. <laughs> but yeah, uh, especially the, the end of this episode where... Mando, he transmits to Moff Gideon, and he basically gives the speech that uh, Gideon gave uh, in last season when they were surrounded. Yeah. And you can see on Moff Gideon's face, like, I think I may have uh, may have made him a little too mad. <laughs> <laughs> and boy, as we saw in the uh, last episode, oh, yeah, Mando was a little mad. Uh, yeah, the Mando Wick was coming. <laughs> and... <laughs> Like, he, he was just coming out there, he's like freaking choking stormtroopers with the spear, stabbing them, doing kick flips with the spear against Moff Gideon. It, like, he, he was like, I don't give a crap. I'm going full John Wick here. <laughs> it was basically a uh, situation of, you done goofed, Moff Gideon, this is what happens. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever see the show, uh, Wise Kids You Know? Mm-mm. There's a, uh, it's basically a sketch comedy show, and they did a uh, sketch where uh, it's the night Abe Lincoln got shot, and it's basically, uh, their version was he was at the theater, but he was like being belligerent and just yelling at the actors, and somebody in the crowd just yells to shut up, and he's like, who said that? Who said that? You don't up. You don't up. <laughs> that's, that's how I kept picturing uh Mando the whole time. It's like, you messed up, Gideon. You messed up real bad. <laughs> but yeah, uh, something I can't believe I forgot to, to mention in the finale as we're kind of wrapping up uh, season two. Uh, the crying I said I did in my notes at the beginning, uh, that's when he took uh, Baby Yoda was like, I don't want to go, Dad. He takes his helmet. I'm like, this is amazing. Yeah, I, 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 I cried too. Genuinely good emotion in freaking Star Wars. What's that? <laughs> Last year, their their version of emotion was uh, Kylo giving his life force to Rey, and we're like, wait, this is the stupidest, dumbest love story ever. <laughs> there was like no seed for this in the past two movies. <laughs> <laughs> That's because they don't uh, have a plan, Peter. True. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you, 
you, you last Jedi hater, you last Jedi lovers and Raylos, you, you can't get on me for that anymore because Daisy Ridley herself filed said, yeah, in episode seven, I was supposed to be a Kenobi. Uh, episode eight, I was a nobody. And then episode nine, I was a Palpatine. Who knew? It was like, yeah, how in the world can any actress, I don't, I don't care if you're, you know, Meryl Streep or whatever, how, how can you deal with that? How can you deal with zero, <laughs> zero idea of what your character is for three movies? But anyway, we're, we're here talking about Mandalorian. You, you've heard enough of me trash on <laughs> the sequels over the years. And you know, I don't want to think about them anymore. And you know what? I won't. Because they're dead. Yeah, we, got, we got some Mandalorian. It, yeah, all I can say, really, really all I can say left is amazing season. Amazing work all around. The people who they have working on it are just phenomenal. Favaro, Filoni. These guys, they are... They know their stuff. They, they are what Star Wars deserved and needed. And it's time of need. Yeah. And you know, I, I mean, we talked about in our group chat with, you know, could we see them potentially doing movies and stuff like that? I don't know if Favreau will. I know there's been talk about maybe trying to get Filoni to do it, but just give him experience. Doing all this will give him that. But you know, with the projects that they're doing, with... <laughs> With freaking Disney Investors Day, with what's been announced, I mean, I don't know how they're going to find the time to do a movie. <laughs> I mean, you got Filoni doing the Ahsoka show. You got Favreau probably heading Rangers of the New Republic and looking over that side. And also with Filoni, I, is he still doing the animation stuff? Is he doing like the Bad Batch? The, the a couple other animation shows they're doing? Who knows? They got a lot on their plate. So, like... A movie's probably out of the question, but they're going to be doing a lot more good work on Star Wars with some of these shows I got coming our way. I think, if anything, they showed the people coming on to do Star Wars over these next couple of years. This is the formula. This is what makes Star Wars work. This is what is uniting people. <laughs> <laughs> this is what every section of fans can be like, yeah, you know what? I like Baby Yoda. Yeah. I like Mandalorian, like, yeah, because it's it's simple and fun. Yeah, and one thing... It's not BS, it's not insulting your intelligence, it's not talking down to you. No, it's just, it's Star Wars being fun. Yeah, and, you know, one of the things that these two seasons have done is given directors to give a chance to kind of show their stuff, like Deborah Chow, who's doing the Obi-Wan series, probably two, did two of my favorite episodes last season, she's helming that whole series. Bryce Dallas Howard does episode three this year. Just yeah. like she did episode four last year. Two episodes I really liked. You got Rick Famuyiwa coming back and directing episode seven. The Bill Burr episode. And you also got Payne Reed coming in here from the MCU doing episode two and doing the finale. And then you got Robert Rodriguez coming in here last minute doing episode six, which features Boba Fett. And is also going to be executive producing the book of Boba Fett. So you got a lot of new people coming into the Star Wars territory where they they can really do they can really show their stuff and how they work and all that stuff and I'm really excited about the future in Star Wars with Favreau and Filoni and them heading things off with a lot of these shows that they got coming on Disney Plus but I'm really excited the people they got coming in working with them because that they've done really well picking who who's going to direct these episodes and really showing off their vision now. Even though Favreau or Filoni may have written some of these episodes, these directors shoot in their own different way, and like they've done a really good job so far. 
every episode definitely has like a unique factor, but again, it's written in a way where you can keep consistency going, which I, I enjoy. Yeah. Like it's, it's great. Like it's, it's great that we're having all this stuff and you know, uh, you know, the one thing that, uh, I think we should talk about now is probably the thing you want to talk about the most, the book of Bubba Fett coming next year. Boy. <laughs> so at first I, uh, I never at first, so, so I, I know for now it most likely 100% is going to be its own thing. Yes. It's its own show. Cause at first some people are like, Oh yeah, this is the end of the Mandalorian story. His, uh, story is done. He got baby Yoda to the, uh, the Jedi. I was like, well, I mean, we still got the dark saber to work out. It's like, you can't, you know, be over just like that. Yeah. But yeah, this is going to be its own show. That's going to appear, uh, I think around the time in uh, October next year. Right. Well, they said December. Okay. Oh, that's right. Cause, cause COVID kind of delayed a lot of stuff. Yeah. So they're doing that in December and I'm assuming that leaves Mando season three, Early 2022. Yeah, I think actually I think they said December. So yeah, you know what? If we have like double header, double header Fridays with you know Mando and Book of Boba after that, yeah, I'm fine with that. This is a great universe to live in. Yeah, I mean it's not too bad right now. You got this. You got the Boba Fett announcements, and then you got Wandavision next month. I am. Oh, I'm dying for that. I need it. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, you know, I, re- you know, I said to my sister when they didn't have any artwork in the credits for the finale, like something's up here because like, it's not the usual stuff. So I'm like, yeah, something's going on. There's gotta be post credit something. And then we go back to Tatooine. They show a shot of Jabba's palace. is like, oh crap. What are they about to do? <laughs> We got fat bib Fortuna. What a what a world. <laughs> I just love to rule the hunt empire. You gotta be a fat piece of <laughs> I love it. I, I adore that. That's so good. Can I also add that in rewatching it, I heard McClunky? Oh, of course. Of course it would. <laughs> and I'm fine with that, because you know what? That's fun. Yeah, that is fun. And then this is probably something, Peter, that you've dreamt about that you probably wanted for years of seeing Boba Fett sit on Jabba the Hutt's throne. Oh, King Boba. Let's go. And you know, it makes me wonder if this thing is going to be like, is he is he and Fennec going to be like part of the crime? Are they going to be crime lords now? Are they going to be heading that off? Let me tell you, Fennec, she had maybe the best luck of anybody in the in the show so far because she was basically just what like a bounty hunter or like a yeah a criminal in the last season yeah and then both that rescues her and now he's like okay you're my right hand woman she's like okay that this is this is a good deal yeah <laughs> <laughs> well like one of my favorite things about uh the episode that Bubba was in was like when she kicked the boulder down it was like that's very indiana jones-esque right there <laughs> like I, I really enjoyed that but like uh you know, just having that shot, that visual of him sitting on the throne. It's just like, it's it's going to set up for an amazing, whatever it is going to be, miniseries or series. It's going to be great. And, you know, and, you know, Boba actually had one, one of my favorite lines. And that he says in that episode six, you know, when talking about him 
you know, getting out from that Sarlacc pit. Like, sometimes fate steps in to rescue the wretched. <laughs> That's a great line, and I can't wait to see what that might mean if they show it. Huge, uh, huge shout-out for Tamir Morrison, because I read this morning that uh, ever since he was cast in episode two, he had been waiting for the call to become Boba Fett, especially when they uh, made that, oh yeah, Boba's a clone. Yeah. Give that man credit. Almost 18 years that man's been waiting for this call, and you know what? He got it, and I'm so happy for him, because he is just, he's a great guy. He is, and he's a fun actor. If you've never seen the the behind-the-scenes footage of him on uh, episode two, he's just wonderful. He's so funny. He's so kind. I'm happy for him. I'm genuinely happy for somebody in a Star Wars movie for once. What a world. (laughs) So, Peter, I guess the thing that's left for this pod is talking about what the crap is season three going to do? Well, we have maybe the biggest twist of them all in a season where the objective was constantly get Grogu to a Jedi. Now Mandal- Mando accidentally became the king of the Mandalorians. <laughs> what? And I love that. <laughs> I love how he just doesn't care. He's like, you, you, you gotta be kidding me. Yeah. Really? <laughs> Bo, you, you could have told me, could have given me a warning on what to do. <laughs> but yeah, this is uh, a very interesting thing because Bo cannot get it unless she wins it in combat. Mm-hmm. But how again? I think next season we'll definitely have to answer the question: How did uh, Gideon get it? Because did uh, Bo get bested in combat and live? Because you know, if it's you know combat, boy, that doesn't mean you know killing the person. So yeah, I guess they could just have you know an agreement match where Mando you know pulls back, yada yada yada. But I think she might know. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, a, a lot of good questions asked, but. I'm going to tell you, I need my Grogu. I need my little guy. I don't know how they're going to figure out how they're going to keep uh, Mando's promise of, we'll, we'll see you again, we'll see each other again, I promise. But let me tell you, they better. Yeah, I mean, like... Or at the very least, have that constantly affect him. Like, like, like have him be the dad who lost his kid. Yeah, and like, that's on his mind a whole oh, lot. Yeah, I- I'm fine with it. It makes sense. I really don't know what they're going to do with the little guy. I mean, of course, nobody wants to see him go. I mean, <laughs> but, like, he's off training with Luke. He's off hanging out with Uncle R2-D2. Yep. <laughs> I mean, who knows what he's going to get up to with R2. I mean, you know what's going to happen with Luke, but with R2, I mean, anything's possible. <laughs> but, you know... I don't know, could we see some moments where, and I guess this depends on, you know, if do they want to show Luke again? Do we want to see them train? Mm-hmm. You know? I, I will say, if they do Luke again, get Sebastian Shaw in, okay? Let, let's not do this de-aging stuff anymore. Sebastian Shaw looks like him. He clearly wants to do it. He's talked about it before. Wrong, let, wrong name, let, Peter. The what? Wrong name, Peter. <laughs> It's Who a, plays the Winter Soldier? It's Sebastian Stan. Sebastian Stan. There we go. Sebastian Stan. Thank I think you. Sebastian Saw is like an X-Men character. I, if Matt Moore was here, he would know. But no, he's a family. <laughs> Christmas. I mean, hey, right universe. Just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, truly right now, because they, they own it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, it, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm on board with that. You know, just get him in there. He looks enough like him. 
Oh yeah, it's not going to be you know. Sebastian Stan is a very good actor. Just, even if you've not seen him, even if you've, all you've seen him in is uh, uh, Winter Soldier stuff, you know he can he, he kills it every time in those roles. And his actual acting resume is really good. So it's like when they did the first Steve Jobs movie and they had a uh, Ashton Kutcher in it because he looked just like a young Steve Jobs. Mm-hmm. But the problem is Ashton Kutcher couldn't act his way out of a paper bag. <laughs> No, we're not going to have that problem with Sebastian Sand. He, he, the boy can act. Give him, give him the key to the the castle, Disney. Come on. Yeah, and he's got that. He's got that Disney relationship mm-hmm. right now. So I mean, that, like, hey, it's there. I'll say somewhere in that Marvel contract is probably like you do whatever the mouse says and you do not question it. Okay. <laughs> You'd be Luke Skywalker. Okay. <laughs> oh, I'll say even, even I didn't want to do any more stuff for Disney. If you tell me I'm going to be Luke Skywalker, I'm like, okay, I can work with that. (laughs) I'm completely cool with that. You know, I'm like, I don't think going back to Grogu, I don't think he's going to stay with Luke forever. I mean, like eventually like something will happen there. Now, of course, I mean, there's the elf in the room. Does he get killed by a little emo dark Darth Vader? You know what? I kind of wish Matt Mormon was here because I'm pretty sure he'd be happy to see, uh, happy to hear this. Because I got to thinking, even though I've come around to uh, Last Jedi, I still do not agree with how they handled Luke Skywalker. But I'm not gonna lie. If the sole reason is you know Kylo Ren slaughters his students and he kills you know Grogu, you know the, the species who look just like you know his master, and he's, he just gets suppressed over it, I can work with that. I'd be fine with that as a legit reason. Like, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't do this. Yeah. I mean, that makes the most sense if, you know, if Grogu dies by Kylo's hand, there, there's your way in with that, with the Luke that we saw in Last Jedi. Because in, uh, in Last Jedi, Luke himself says, yeah, Kylo Ren killed all my students. So if Baby Yoda's still there. I hope not. <laughs> Not a world I want to think about, but hey. No. It's 2020, Peter. Yeah. <laughs> about to say, the, the worst case scenario is happening all the time, so. <laughs> so, I think with season three, I think you're going to see a lot of Mandalore stuff because that was teased a whole lot in episodes this season, and Filoni has a, such a good handle on the Mandalore stuff with Rebels and Clone Wars, is that I think that's really going to be what Season 3 is about. It's going to be about that relationship between him and Bo and with the Darksaber and trying to retake Mandalore mm-hmm. and see what happens there, see what stuff they get up to along the way. And, I, yeah, I think Moff Gideon's still going to be there. I think Giancarlo Esposito said he's still he's going to be back for next season whenever they do it so well they have him in captivity uh uh Cara Dune just straight up knocks his out in the uh uh when when the, he's about to kill himself because Luke Skywalker's on this ship get me out of here <laughs> one of my favorite things is like I love how his face went from pure joy to pure terror in a matter of oh, seconds yeah. <laughs> like when he heard Jedi he's like okay that, that's not good and then he looked at the screen and immediately realized I, I love how that's the Luke Skywalker I know. 
just the very mention of him probably strikes fear into the Empire. Yeah. And even uh, Gideon, who has been shown to be like this super great, intense villain, was like, oh, this is this is the worst case scenario right now. Yeah. Well, Peter, like father, like son in, the, in that case. Exactly. <laughs> One side puts real fear into the other side and then same with the other side. Yep. <laughs> but season three, I think Mandalore is going to be a lot of stuff with that. I think maybe Mando, maybe we'll see more unmasked Mando a little bit more. I mean, he, he, he's already done it twice in like the last two episodes. And uh, yeah, I, I know that one for, one was for Grogu, but maybe uh, we're going to get a little more backstory on what uh, Bo mentioned with him being a child of the watch and get some of that. And uh, I, uh, I really hope we do see the armor again so she can just be like, you, you absolute idiot. You, you broke our one rule. And then he's like, well, uh, before you kick me out, I'm kind of the king of the Mandalores now. And she's like, <laughs> oh, my God, you imbecile. <laughs> you know, Peter, there's one elephant in the room that we haven't talked about this whole time. And the almost hour and 40 minutes we've done this pod. We have not mentioned this. Holy crap, Grand Animal Thrawn. Oh, yeah. I just, I just, yeah, I completely forgot. I just glanced over it and uh, talked about the Ahsoka episode. But yeah, that's, I'm happy. Oh, boy. Because if you don't know anything about uh, uh, General Thrawn, he's propped uh, up until, even before getting, I would say he was the best Star Wars villain there was because he's super smart. He was basically the original. Uh, his his uh, Thrawn trilogy in the early 90s was basically the original episode 7, 8, 9 that people viewed, you know? They're like, oh yeah, this, this is satisfying enough. Very calculating, he can beat you if... He, he, he uh, be like a droid, the, uh, the droid army ship, with like just like cruisers. Like not even warships. He, he, he beat a warship without warships. That man is brilliant. <laughs> And you know, if, with Gideon in custody, let me tell you, he might need to take over, and that's going to be crazy. Yeah, and uh, he's in seasons three and four of Rebels, and he plays a big part in that. And of course, like one of the things that's you might have glanced over and kind of like looking at stuff like who could have been the Jedi with Ezra from uh, Rebels is that he and Thrawn go missing. And, like, they go off in hyperspace and nobody knows where the crap they are. And so, I'm willing to think that with what they said at Disney's Investors Day, with the Ahsoka show, which I'm assuming that's... a With the Ahsoka show, depending on the Rebels timeline... Or, you don't mind if I spoil the end of Rebels, do you? Oh, let's be real. It's, it's been out for four years. I've, I've had enough time, so yeah. Okay. Okay, so, final episode of Rebels, there's a little bit of a time jump from when it happens. I believe it's like four or five years right after Endor, so right around this timeline. And, oh, okay. And Filoni, I think I directly asked that. It was like, when does this Ahsoka episode take place? And with her asking, where's Grand Animal Thrawn? You know, he said, don't, that doesn't necessarily mean that this takes place right after the finale of Rebels. 
Okay. And basically, like, that could be a tease that this episode takes place before that finale, and then they set off and try to find Ezra and Grand Admiral Thrawn. So in that case, probably a live-action Rebels series with Ahsoka. Okay, that's interesting. That really is interesting. And the other thing I'm really excited that they could do is play on the stuff with her and Anakin, if they decide to go that route. Oh, yeah. But uh, there's that possibility, so that could lead to some Thrawn stuff. And also Rangers of the New Republic, which takes place like sometime after the return of the Jedi period. And so one of the things they said is like, all three of these series are going to culminate in one big event. And I'm willing to bet that big event's going to involve Thrawn. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely a Marvel type of thing in which, you know, you got Favreau there. The guy that started really started off the MCU there with Iron with the Iron Man movies, he knows how to handle that. He knows what goes on inside the MCU, and probably that's probably the best direction that Star Wars needs to look at is maybe build up to s- stuff like that type of event where you have all these three shows cross over to face off against one of the best Star Wars villains that has not been used in live action yet. So I definitely think that's a possibility. Who would have thought that just a this the the first Star Wars TV show would end up spawning a cinematic universe around a guy who we've never seen the face of? What a world we live in! Yeah, a guy we've never seen the face of, and a miniature Yoda, if we're being honest. Yeah, <laughs> miniature Yoda that likes to eat frogs. Maybe not as incompetent as the original Yoda. Well, he's also an infant, so we got we got to be a little nice to him there. Yeah. Well, I'm only saying he's going to grow up, and he's not going to be as incompetent as. The Yoda we know. I don't know. Yaddle looked like he uh, was a pretty big idiot. That was Yoda's species, so you never know. <laughs> but uh, season three, it's going to be really interesting to where they go with it, and you know, the whole Grogu stuff, and if they wanted what they want to do with that, and try to maybe remake themselves in a way. And, you know, maybe that episode seven this year was a way of seeing how well does this episode do without the little guy. How well does it do? Can you really build on stuff without having him in there? Because he's been in every episode besides that one so up to this point. And so now you got to figure out what you're going to do. But you completely can, completely trust Favreau and Filoni. Because what they've done up to this point has, again, been spectacular. So I think yeah. you got to trust them. I'd say, I feel like this is the nicest I've been to anything Star Wars besides Solo. And even then, people are like, Solo? <laughs> of all the things, Peter. Funny enough, I had a friend tell me last night they, they like Solo. Hey! I'm <laughs> friends with them now. <laughs> well, maybe not their Patriots fans. Oh. And Yankees I, I, fans. I know, I know this isn't uh, uh, views, but let me just say... If, if I was on the weekly pod, you would have seen the absolute falling apart of Peter Lewis as a Steelers fan. <laughs> the irrational hope going back to the extreme fire everybody cynicism. <laughs> I mean, Peter, what are you talking about, fire everyone? That's what I am doing right now with my Tennessee Vols. <laughs> and sounds like they are. I hope so. <laughs> fire everybody. 
But, uh, yeah, just like this whole season was just, you know, we needed something. Go, the rapper go back around. We needed something good in 2020. We knew we were going to get this season. And this season did not disappoint at all. My faith in Star Wars is back. Well, your love of Star Wars is back now, too. Oh, not not just love, but my faith in it. It's like, you know what? No. Because <laughs> I kept saying with the, with the uh, sequels, this is the most creatively bankrupt franchise there is. It, it has no ideas outside of Jedi, Sith, and big super weapon. Here, we haven't had any super weapon... And we've had, you know, minimal Jedi and Force. I love it. Right. This is great. This is, this is what Star Wars can be. <laughs> and, you know, it, it, go, it, it calls back to that false alarm about you going to Galaxy's Edge and saying that restored your love. And then you had Rise of Skywalker and down the drain it went. I hope I never see or hear from Ray or Kylo Ren again. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they disappear like the like irrelevant wrestlers like Hyde and Reich. But he's not irrelevant. He had a pretty uh, uncomfortable storyline. Yeah, okay, maybe not the best. <laughs> but you know what? The, to put a bow on this, regardless of what happens with season three, when we're going to get it, and you know, when and plus, you know, we got to take in consideration when are some of these other shows coming out? When's like Andor and Kenobi coming out? Mm-hmm. So we got to be worried about that, but. I mean, we're going to be just excited, but it's going to be just as interesting to see how they follow up from that spectacular finale in which you had Luke freaking Skywalker in here. Again, Luke freaking Skywalker. I still can't get over that happened. (laughs) It's it's amazing. (laughs) But, you know, I'm just excited to see what they do with season three and see if they can and see what they do with the little guy. Because, like you said, we, I don't think we can take, you know, a lot of time without them. So, I think, let, let's find a way to see if uh, we can get some meetups in here, you know? Yeah. I'll say this about uh, Season 2. I think, I'm pretty sure last year we had some predictions and, like, hopes of what we did. I don't remember any of them. <laughs> and, honestly, I'm fine with, I'm completely fine with this. Because, you know what? This whole... <laughs> This whole season did so much more than what I could probably have expected. That you know what, I don't really want to make any predictions for episode uh, season three because you know what, I I feel like I'll be satisfied w- w- whatever they do. Yeah, I think and that's the thing that Favreau and Filoni have done is they built that trust and faith. And like, hey, we got this. We know what we're doing. I mean, yeah, we got a lot of other stuff on our plate. We got Ahsoka. We got Rangers of the New uh, New Republic, but. With them look heading over those shows and watching over them, executive producing and writing them or whatever, and them also watching over Mando, you know they're going to try to do it right. And they're going to do it as well as they possibly can and give a lot of the Star Wars fans what they want to see and get some good content. Oh can't believe I forgot to, to mention this. Uh, this. This season just absolutely <laughs> on Ray. <laughs> they're like, talent without training is uh is is nothing it's like you ahsoka like yeah you, you gotta learn the force and i'm just like somewhere rain is just like uh about that <laughs> they're, they're giving us they're giving me what i want ryan <laughs> it's accountability 
Well, I mean, well, I, mean I guess if you think about it, Luke didn't have as much training either, but I mean, I mean, the thing about it is that with the sequel trilogy, they didn't have a plan, a cohesive plan. There was no consistency. And I mean, you would think that you'd get your, all your directors in a room and try to come up with something. That makes sense, right? Well, at least the original trilogy, they knew the overarching thing would be the story of Luke Skywalker. Right. Because, I mean, look at uh, Return of the Jedi, a movie that I do enjoy, but hey, let's be real. They were so focused on Luke when they got to uh, Han and Leia, they were like, what do we do with them? I was like, put put them in front of a door for, you know, two hours. Like, okay, that's fine. (laughs) Hey, don't don't you do that to uh, to those Ewoks. Oh, I'm not saying anything bad about the Ewoks. I'm just saying, like, they were like, uh, yeah, what do, what do we do with them? It's like, uh, they guard this door. It's like, okay. <laughs> Good enough. We tried. Yeah. <laughs> so, guys, I guess that's Mando Season 2. Hey, boy, I, I'm sad to see it go. I'm sure everybody else is, but I think I mentioned on the Views Pod, that doesn't where the fun stops, kids. Because they're doing a behind behind the things special coming out on Christmas. So Peter, if you feel if you want to use Disney Plus, you can watch them how they did it behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah, might as well. I mean, it gives us some more Mando at least. <laughs> Maybe not in the way we want it, but hey, it gives us some more. But all, all I know is it's going to be tough to wait a whole year now rather than you know ten months. Well, at least you got Boba Fett coming. True. Yeah, <laughs> that'll hold you over. So that'll do it for us, guys. It was nice doing another pod with you, Peter. Again, it's been so long. It's like the superhero draft that we did that, you know, I think like three months. Yeah, the, a- the place where I learned our audience is uh, full of stupid idiots. <laughs> and uh, speaking of superheroes, I think we've discussed trying to do a Wonder Woman pod. Oh, you better believe uh, in a couple days I will be watching that. Oh, man. I'm excited for it. At least uh, get some new content in 2020. Pump it in our veins. Yeah, about the same. We'll try to uh, get a Wonder Woman review of the the first movie and the uh, sequel. But yeah, again, it, it as you can tell, it's not been a normal year. Uh, no. This year has been anything else but normal. <laughs> but yeah. It's on the it's on the docket, kids. But hey, give 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 us some time because I don't know what my life is looking like to pass like you know next Sunday. <laughs> but uh, either way, that's going to be an exciting pod whenever we get to it. Just as this one's been an exciting pod, so thank you guys for listening. Check the podcast feed out on Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio. Check out the views feed as well. Thanks to Anchor for sponsoring this episode, as always. That being said, guys, we'll see you next time.